I have, I'm staying committed to what I began. And I am really excited about tonight, next week, um, as we dive into A Chosen Generation, a series uh, that we've started, First Peter. We're going to do that again tonight. And I hope that you've brought your Bibles. If you hadn't brought your Bibles, at least your phone. Maybe pull up your notes. There's some things that I feel like you'd need to take some notes in this evening. Uh, but we're going to get into this uh, this evening. I don't want to labor too long with recapping and things like that, but I encourage you to go back and listen to our last few Wednesday nights. Um, Brother Jonathan has taught incredible uh, word of the Lord. I want to make sure that you go and listen to that as well, and praise God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful to hear his word. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 A chosen generation. If you are just now uh, visiting us or first time being with us, it's a study of the book of 1 Peter. And we ended part one, if you will. There was A, B's, and C's and all that good stuff. But we ended part one of a chosen generation series about the assurance of our salvation. We talked through three ways that we can be certain of our salvation. I'll share those very briefly with you again tonight. It is, it's preserved by the power of God. It's proven by trials from God. Somebody say amen. amen. It was predicted by the prophets. But this leads us to a very important question that we will walk through this evening. Not all the way through, but we'll go through a portion of it here tonight. How do we respond? Look at your neighbor and say, how do I respond? How do we respond to salvation? How do we respond to salvation? If you are taking notes, I would encourage you to write that down. How do we respond to salvation? How do we respond to this incredible gift we have been entrusted with? Tonight, I want to begin with the end in mind. And if you have your Bibles or if you can look at the screen, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2. And we'll begin reading at verse 9. 1 Peter 2, we'll begin reading at verse 9. Very familiar portion of Scripture. But you are a chosen generation. Somebody say you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. I understand I'm reading a different version than maybe you're looking at but I wanted to read it in this version tonight, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now, praise God, have obtained mercy. Thank you, Jesus, again for your word tonight. And Lord, I'm asking that you would let our hearts and our ears be open. Let our hearts be open. Let our ears be open to your word this evening. Lord, every child that's here, every elder that is here, every young adult that is here, God, speak to them this evening. Lord, let their spirit and their heart hear your word and everyone say amen. amen. In Jesus' parable, in Luke 12, he highlights two stewards. 
two stewards. The first is a faithful steward. He faithfully administers the responsibilities entrusted to him and is rewarded with promotion as a result. The second is, if you're writing down, unfaithful steward. He mismanages and squanders his responsibilities and is punished with the unbelievers. And Jesus concluded or concludes this parable with a profound and revelatory statement. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. For everyone, for everyone to whom much is given, for him much is required. Praise God. To whom much is given, much is required. Privilege brings responsibility. Privilege brings responsibility. And that responsibility entails accountability. Dwight Pentecost made that profound statement. Tonight, tonight I am going to endeavor to accomplish two things that we as believers must answer. I'm going to try to accomplish talking about two things that we as believers, we must answer. There's five of them, uh, but I only have time tonight for two of them. Our, our response to salvation. Look at your neighbor and say it again. Our response to salvation. Our response to salvation. Paul, he gives believers five calls that we must answer. And the first one that I want to turn our attention to today is a call to hope. A call to hope. First Peter, again, in chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope. Somebody say your hope. Rest your hope fully. Think about that. Fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Rest your hope fully. Somebody say fully. Paul now moving his readers to a place of application in light of what was just said. He says this, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. This is to prepare for action. We got to prepare for action to get rid of loose and sloppy thinking. To discipline your thoughts is what that means. Gird up the loins of your mind. I've got to get ready. I've got to prepare to take action. I've got to prepare for action. I've got to not think about whatever else is going on. I can't have sloppy thinking. I can't have my own thinking, but i got to have the mind of Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. I can't, it's not what I think and what I think is right, but i got to have my thoughts disciplined. And i got to think how Jesus wants me to think. Amen. 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 Gird up. Somebody say gird up. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. To be self-controlled. Able to see things. This is very important. 
be able to see things without distortion. I got to have self-control. When I look at the scripture, when I hear the word of the Lord preached, when I hear a pastor declare the truth in God's word, I got to be self-controlled and I got to see things without distortion. I got to make sure that I've girded up the loins of my mind and I've prepared to take action with the word, the truth that is preached to me and I can't have this crazy thinking about things but I got to have a disciplined thought process. I've got to judge everything by the word of God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Another rendition, he says it this way, fix your hope. In the Bible, hope is not uncertainty or wishful thinking, but rather certainty in something. Scripture tells us that hope is, in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Within Scripture, there is a connection between faith and hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the very familiar substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith and hope. Somebody say faith and hope. Faith and hope are related. They're related. Some might say that they are even equivalent attitudes because they both involve trusting God, but they differ in application. Ultimately, both are needed and not a replacement for the other. Let's look at the difference between each of these. Faith involves trusting God in the present. Somebody say the present. present. Trusting God in the present. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hope is trusting God for what is to come in the future. Trusting God for what is to come in the future. Again, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Faith acknowledges what God has already said and done in his word. Praise God. We need to hear that. Faith acknowledges what God has already said and done in his word. If he's done it, I have faith he can do it again. Amen. I have faith that he can do it again. Hope, hope anticipates what we will do as promised in his word. Faith is rooted in past grace. The work of the cross. Hope is rooted in future grace. The revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Praise God. As we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, I'll read it again. Rest your hope fully. Somebody say fully. Fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Faith is in the heart. Would you pound your chest tonight? That's where faith is. Faith is in the heart. Romans chapter 10. If you're writing down, I encourage you to write these down. Romans 10 and verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Hope is in the mind. Close your eyes and say it's in the mind. Hope is in the mind. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. The second, second thing I want to bring to you tonight is a call. Things that we must answer. Things that we must answer. A call to holiness. A call to holiness. If you have your Bibles, which I've heard pages turn, if you have your notes or you have your Bible on your phone, I want to encourage you to go to 1 Peter chapter 1 again. 1 Peter chapter 1. A call to holiness. As obedient children. Somebody say obedient children. As obedient children. Not conforming yourself to the former lust. As in your ignorance. But as he. Look at that. But as who. That's right. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. To be holy means to be set apart or consecrated. To be sanctified. To be kept apart from unclean or un pure things one of the most clearly defined attributes of God is that he is holy would you look at your neighbor and say one of the clearest attributes of God is that he is holy he is holy if you're joining us online one of the clearest attributes of the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, is that he is holy. In Scripture, more than 50 times, more than 50 times in Scripture, we are told that our God is holy. Psalms 99 in verse 9 says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy heel. For the Lord our God is holy. Leviticus 11, beautiful. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt. Listen to this scripture, ladies and gentlemen. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt. I brought you up out of carnality. 
I brought you up out of the things that are not of me to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. The scripture is saying that I have brought you out of carnality. I have brought you out of things that are not holy. We can glean that from that scripture, can we not? You do not have to be a rocket scientist. You can look at that scripture and read it. I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. And Peter, he echoes this sentiment with the people of God. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. Listen to this. In all your conduct. In all of your conduct. As children of God. Look at your neighbors. I'm a child of God. As children of God, we are to take on the attributes of our Father. Amen? So let me just kind of explain here. Darren is a Gilbert. And Darren has got an attitude. Darren Gilbert has an attitude. And I can have, I can be real short. I can. I can cut your feet out from under you before you even know it. I can. I'm not proud of that, but I can. And people think they're real smart sometimes. And I can make them feel real dumb really fast. Not that I'm better than them. It's just in me. It's in my nature. But the scripture tells me that I can't do that. It's not talking about David Gilbert and Ruth Gilbert and James Gilbert and all the other Gilberts. It's talking about my father in heaven. So it doesn't matter what I have in me. According to the scripture, I have got to take on the attributes of my father, my father in heaven. It's not about what Darren wants to do and wants to say and how he wants to be angry sometimes and look at some people and just, would you just shut your mouth? I can't do that. I have to have patience as my father has patience. Am I perfect? By all means, absolutely not. Ask Bishop. He experienced what usually happens on the way to church this afternoon. And he sat over there quiet. And all nice, as I got on to four of the five children that I have. As children of God, we are to take on the attributes of our Father. Listen to me for a moment. When you raise your hands and you ask God to forgive you, Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins. And you repent before him. And he fills you with his spirit and you are born again of water and of spirit. Daddy is Jesus now. Amen? Your father is in heaven. And so what I must do, praise God, 
I've got to walk different. I've got to talk different. Because I'm not that person anymore. I'm a brand new creature in Christ. Praise God. I'm going to read it again. As children of God, we are to take on the attributes of our Father. Now, if you're writing things down, I encourage you to write this down. How? The Bible is clear. As obedient children. How do we take on the attributes of our Father? As obedient children. We are children of God. Not the sons of of disobedient, not the daughters of disobedience. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So when I have been saved by grace, when I've been filled, let me ask you, have you been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. If you haven't, it's okay. You don't have to be bashful. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Raise your hand high. Look around, ladies and gentlemen. If we've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, then what we must do is we must be obedient from that point on to take on the attributes of our Father. Amen? Not conforming ourselves to the former lust. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Listen. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we receive the Holy Ghost and God fills us with his spirit, right then, right then, we have to start being as obedient children. We don't have to be, but according to God's word, We are instructed to be. We can still talk like, act like, live like, be like everything we once were. But the Bible tells us that I need to not do that. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Again, how do we take on the attributes of our Father as obedient children? As obedient children. Because of the finished work of Jesus on Calvary. We who have been born again in the present. We have been sanctified. We are overcoming the power of sin. Paul covered this topic as he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And listen, and I will receive you. Listen to verse 18. I will be a father to you. But first, there's got to be some things that we do. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Holiness, as it relates 
to a Christian's maturity can be summed up in two words. Separation and distinction. Write that down. Type it in your notes. Separation and distinction. The scripture proves this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Separation. Come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them and be separate. Praise God. We've got to be dedicated. There's got to be a distinction between us and this world. Amen? And the Bible says, I will receive you. I will receive you. Separation. We've got to be separate from the world. Somebody say, come out from among them. This is not... As I've stated multiple times, and if you're new here tonight or it's the first time you've been here since we started this series in 1 Peter, I've stated this before. This is not a Pentecostal or United Pentecostal or a oneness movement series. This is a Bible series. Amen? This is what the Bible teaches us. Praise God. This is best seen in marriage. We separate ourselves from others so we can be dedicated or so we can dedicate ourselves to one. I got to, there's one person that I've got to be dedicated to. I can't be dedicated to myself. I got to be dedicated to him. I can't be separated for myself and what I want to know, I've got to be separated from this world and I've got to have a dedication. There's got to be a distinction to who I'm dedicated to. Amen? You have got to know who you're dedicated to and others need to know who you're dedicated to. Praise God. Separation. Separation without... A distinct dedication leads to legalism. Dedication without separation is insincere. I want you to write that down. Dedication without separation is insincere. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved... Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Look at both. Flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen? In the fear of God. A reverence of God. Holiness is both internal and external. Cleanse ourselves from the flesh and the spirit. Somebody say amen if you believe that word. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And in your spirit. 
which are yours. No. This body is his. This mind is his. This life is his. Everything is, I'm my own. No, you're not. Not if you've been bought with a price. Not if you've been filled with his spirit. Not if you put off the former lust. Amen. Our pursuit of holiness should be seen in both our character, the devotion of our heart. Somebody say on the inside. Both on the inside and our conduct, external, lifestyle, how we talk, our morality, our modesty, moderation, etc. The list goes on. It should be seen in both our character and our conduct. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25. I hear pages turning, so I want you to get there. It's all right. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I need people to hear this tonight. I know this is first Wednesday and I'm supposed to be kicking and screaming, but I'm not. I need us to hear this because I don't want us to be scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. I don't want us to act like we're something when we're really not something in every area. Maybe you wear one of these. Maybe you serve in an area. I want you to be pure on the inside. Honorable. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish. But inside, they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. I want you to listen to this statement and I would encourage you to write it down. The pursuit of holiness is a journey of maturity. The pursuit of holiness is a journey of maturity. We have to mature in this journey. Amen. Perfecting holiness. Perfect equals complete or whole. Complete or whole. It is a continual growth process can I explain that that means once you have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus name and you have decided because of the word of God 
to separate yourself from the world, to be different. Not only on the outside, but also on the inside. Not only on the inside, but also on the outside. And you do that not because someone told you to do that. You do that because the Bible teaches us to come out from among them and be separate. The Bible teaches us not to live by the former lust. Living how I used to live, how I used to want to do things and how I, no, I, I'm maturing, Jesus. I want to get closer to you. I want to perfect this. Not for brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and not for Pastor Darren and not so I can wear a badge and serve in an area. But I want to deepen my relationship with you. It is a continual growth process. Isaiah says the path of perfection. I want to go down the path. Am I going to stumble and fall? Yeah, because why? I got flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, I got flesh. I'm trying my best to live with the attributes of my father. But I ain't Jesus and neither are you. Sometimes Gilbert raises back up. Amen? Sometimes I don't want to be submitted. Amen? Maybe it's just me. Maybe all, all y'all perfectly submitted to Jesus Christ. 94-7, as my mom used to say. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm human just like you are. That is why I have to decide. This is something i got to decide to do. I have to decide to go to my knees and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Let my mind not think on things of the former lust. I want to mature in you. I want to grow in you on a daily basis. This Sunday, I want to be or next Sunday, I want to be closer than I was this Sunday. This Wednesday, I want to be closer than I was last Wednesday. And on and on and on. What happens sometimes as Christians, we get the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus' name. And we start saying, okay, I don't agree with that. And so I'm drawing the line right there, and that's as far as I'm going to Correct, Brother Ashley, oh wretched man that you are. And I am. That's why we let God, our Father, teach us. I'm going to give you a guarantee. Very careful with things like this. But I want to guarantee you. Guarantee you there's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. If every person under the sound of my voice, children included, would have a steady diet of the word of God and prayer every day, I promise you, if you said, Lord, I'm open to your word, let it teach me. God, I'm going to read your word today, and Lord, I want you, Father, I want you to help me get the attributes that you want from me and then begin to read the word every day. 
and then you pray after you read that word, I guarantee you that your countenance, your attitude, holiness on the inside and outside would be the result. It would be the result of what you are doing. I would dare say, try it. Try it. I get it, ladies and gentlemen. You understand, I am 41 years young, about to be 42 in March. I've been here a long time. I've seen people come and go. I've taught classes with people say, I never even knew that was in the Bible before. I've, so, I've seen people say, I just don't agree with that, and they've walked out the door, and they're here no more. You ain't the first kid on the block that said, I, I don't agree with all that mess. Guess what? It's in the book. And I'm going to teach what's in the book. And I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to do my very best to live the book. Listen to me. In case you didn't know it, that's just a light up there. And it's not a halo. I'm flesh. I'm going to make a mistake, Sister Tiffany. Have you ever made a mistake, Sister Tiffany? After you've been full of the Holy Ghost? Man, don't it make you mad? It makes you mad. I get ticked off. I'm like, mm, can't believe I said that or did that. But we're human. That's why we let him do the teaching. And when the schoolmaster does the teaching, we are to be obedient children and follow what he teaches us to do. If I were to treat my children like they did in the medieval times when someone would steal a loaf of bread, there would be nothing left of them. Their arms would be cut off, their heads would be cut off, their feet would be cut off, and there would be no more. I'm glad Jesus doesn't do that to us. He says, I'm going to give you another chance to let me teach you from your word. It's when we decide, it's when we decide, no, don't want to be taught, don't want to mature, don't want you to teach me anything else. I'm not going to do anything. No. It's the man telling me to do that. No, it's not. It's the word of God telling you to do that. And that's why I'm telling us if we would read this and we would digest it and you have a pursuit of holiness in a journey of maturity. Your journey is I've got to get mature in Christ. I've got to, I want to be complete and whole. I, I want to perfect holiness. Somebody say amen. I'm almost done. Musicians, if you'd please come. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. I've got 10 minutes and I'm going to take every bit of it. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Listen to me. Pursue peace with your husband. And with your wife. Pursue peace with your pastor. Pursue peace with a ministry leader. Pursue peace with your best friend in the church. Pursue peace with your children, sons, daughters. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness. Listen to this, without which no one will see 
the Lord. No one in this room will see the Lord if we don't pursue peace with all people and holiness. What are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just trying to explain the word of God if I could dare try. That means that I've got to pursue holiness. I've got to pursue peace just like I pursue holiness. And I've got to pursue holiness just like I pursue peace. As such, we are all at different places in our journey. So we practice a non-judgmental attitude toward others. Our motives matter when pursuing holiness. Our motives matter when pursuing holiness. Ladies and gentlemen, I would that you'd write this down or type it out in your notes. Encourage your kids that sit beside you to write this down. Our motives matter when pursuing holiness. Our motives matter when pursuing holiness in the fear of God. In the fear of God. We do not pursue holiness to make ourselves righteous before God. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. We do not pursue holiness to make ourselves righteous before God. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. We do it. Remember, our motives matter when pursuing holiness. We do it to honor God. We do it to please God. That's why we pursue holiness. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet? There are three more calls, and I will entertain those next Wednesday. So I encourage you to come back. I beg you to come back. I truly do, Truth Church. I beg you and I plead with you to prayerfully go back and listen. Go back and pray about what you're listening to. And I can assure you that Pastor Darren is going to be doing the same thing. Because I would to God, I would to God that we would follow Jesus Christ. I would to God that we would all desire to be what he wants us to be and for us not to desire what we want to be. Would you lift your hands all across the building? Jesus, I believe that you've spoken to us tonight. I believe you've spoken to us, each one of us here tonight. And Lord, my prayer is that you would continue to speak to us. That we would not receive this word with hostility or anger. But we would receive this word with saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to grow in you. And Lord, there's a call that we must answer and we're going to visit this next Wednesday, but we're going to, I want us to
talk about it. I want us to be okay with it. There is a call to a holy fear, a reverence. And Lord, I am asking right now that you would prepare us to hear that word next Wednesday. That you would prepare us to hear what you desire us to do. A holy fear, oh God. A reverence to your word and to the man of God that watches for our soul. Jesus, I desire to be conformed to you and not to this world. Lord, a man cannot serve two masters. He can only serve one. And I would to God that everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord, that we would desire to serve you, our King and our Savior. Lord, I conclude tonight with praying that you would cover every mind in your precious blood that still flows from Calvary. In the name of Jesus, let your blood cover the mind, the heart. God, I want you to wrap your loving arms around every individual and let them feel the love of their pastor. But Lord, let them feel your love more than anything. That Lord, they would desire to grow in you. Every person to the sound of my voice, it doesn't matter their tenure in the church. It doesn't matter their, their place, oh God, and what they do and how they serve, oh Lord. Maybe they don't serve. It doesn't matter. Lord, my prayer is in the name of Jesus Christ that they would feel your love and they would feel your loving arms wrap around them. And God, they'd say, let me grow in you today. Let me deepen my relationship with you today. We honor you. And we give you praise. Would you lift your hands all across the building? Come on, if you're able in body, would you lift your hand and surrender to Jesus Christ right now? Lord, have your perfect will and your perfect way in our lives. Would you pray that prayer? Would you pray that prayer? Lord, have your perfect will, your perfect way in my life. Oh, Lord, I want to grow how you want me to grow. I want to be what you desire me to be in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's nothing to Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Come on. You can't Nobody in here is washed up. Nobody in here is at a place where you don't have another chance. God is telling you and me, grow, grow in pursuit of me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are to come out from among them and be separate. In the name of Jesus, would you tenderize every heart? Let everyone that I made a challenge to today, oh Lord, let them accept that challenge starting tonight to prayerfully go before your throne, to prayerfully lift their hands and Lord, open their eyes to your powerful, unadulterated, infallible word and let it teach them and mold them and shape them. Can you lift your hands as but she sings you tonight? See beautiful. Come on, if you're joining us online, raise your hands where you sit. Me to believe. To believe. You're restoring peace. 
would you restore my mind? My heart, Jesus, created me clean. God, let my pursuit not be of this flesh, but of you, Jesus. Me, oh Lord, Pastor Darren, I want to pursue you fresh and new, oh Lord. I want to pursue holiness. There's nothing to Oh God, let every person under the sound of my voice. That you can't Let us evaluate. Let us look at ourselves, oh God. You wash me in my Wash us. I want to be clean, Jesus. I am clean. Jesus. What was dead now lives again? Raise your hands to him. My heart's beating in the name of Jesus. Would you grab the hand of your loved one beside you right now? Just keep it right there by your side. And would you pray together? With joy and destiny. Oh, Jesus. Would you hear my prayer today? God, begin to do a work. Nothing. 
as I said at the beginning, Paul gives us as believers five calls that we must answer. And tonight, tonight, as we explored our response to salvation, we visited a call to hope and a call to holiness. And I want to encourage you to do whatever possible to be here next Wednesday as we continue to the next three. Jesus, we thank you once again for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for cutting away things tonight. God, perfect love casteth out all fear, and I pray that people felt that love tonight. They felt that love, Lord, from the deliverer, but also from you. You gave yourself for us. Thankful, Jesus, for your love. And God, let our hearts and our spirits receive your word that we can mature and we can be more of what you desire us to be. God, because we don't want to sin. We don't want to live a life in pursuit of the former lusts. But Lord, we want to live a life in pursuit of you. We honor you, Jesus, and we give you praise. And everyone says amen. Amen, amen. Please greet one another. Let everybody know you love them. God bless you. We will see you on Sunday. Come expecting, believing. Please.